developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, Regina's Agribition launches its Lifetime Shareholder Program. We talked to the Extension Crop Specialist in Swift Current about last week's heat wave and the impact on crops. Incidentally, when we talked to Shannon Chant earlier today, it was raining, and that's good news in Swift Current. APAS and six Saskatchewan commodity groups have joined forces to ask Ottawa for a grain export sales reporting program. It's to help farmers determine when to sell their crop. We have June weather stats and a new grain elevator to be built near Yorkton. We hear about the use of smart farms for research. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. May call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. Regina's Canadian Western Agribition has officially launched a lifetime shareholder program. CEO Chris Lane says Agribition is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, and the lifetime shareholder program offers several advantages. Well, I think it's a way to celebrate our 50th anniversary, Jim, and I think it's a it's a pretty cool way uh, for people who have a history at Agribition or appreciate the history of Agribition uh, as a place to do business to be part of a, of a pretty select group of, uh, of folks that are, that are close to the organization. How many shares will be offered and what is the price? We've only got 100 shares available, so they're very limited, and each share is worth $1,000 right on the nose, and uh, it comes with a lifetime package of discounts and access. Outline some of that for me. What is the lifetime uh, discounts and package? So we've got uh, a number of things available for shareholders in there, but I think the one that gets the most attention from our exhibitors is a, a lifetime discount of 5% on all your uh, livestock entry fees. So if you're a major exhibitor here and have been here for decades like a lot of our exhibitors are, that starts to make pretty good business sense. Uh, in addition to that, you'll get exclusive discounts on things like rodeo tickets and anything that we really sell through the CWA office here. So merchandise, hosting, beverage tickets, those kind of things. You know, anything that anybody who spends any amount of time at Agribition will know is a pretty good value uh, when you're here for the whole week. And you offer shareholders and one guest access to certain lounges and events. Well, that's exactly right. We have a series of sort of VIP areas uh, throughout Show Week at Agribition. That's either in our International Business Center, at the Rodeo, 
kind of behind the scenes uh, or behind the curtain kind of experiences. And so not only will shareholders get a lifetime of access to those spaces and events, but they'll also be able to bring a guest with them as well. And of course, you get as part of the share package, uh, you get an original piece of art that commemorates Agribition's history to hang on your wall, uh, and you get a gold badge. So it's almost uh, like the golden ticket around Agribition. And did you say what the discount is? I think it's a 5% discount on things like rodeo tickets and gate admission. Yeah, there's, you know, there's different levels of discounts depending on what you're buying. So it's 5% for livestock entry fees and then uh, different discounts as you, uh, as you buy different things throughout the show. And really, we've made the, we've made the package available to either individuals who you know, want to be close to the show and, and have something to commemorate it with at our 50th, but also as, a, as an excellent choice for uh, you know, businesses, ranches, farms um, that do their business at, at Agribition too. So it's not just a memento, it's a pretty good business tool. And you've also got big plans for this fall's aggravation? Oh, we've got big plans, Jim. Yep, it's uh, it's 50 years. Everybody knows we had to take last year off, so we're all itching to get back at it. And uh, we've got a full slate of things that are coming down the pipe, both for exhibitors and uh, on the livestock side, and also sort of the public uh, entertainment things too. So we'll have some announcements to come in the summer, but it's shaping up to be a really great show. Chris Lane is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition in Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca Crops in the southwest are showing signs of heat stress. The crops extension specialist in Swift Current, Shannon Chant, says many fields need rain, which started this morning in Swift Current. Everything's pretty uh, bit stressed. Uh, it's actually raining right now, so hopefully that will help some. Um, but everything's kind of as short, somewhat stunted, I'd say, from... I looked for some current uh, weather information, and we've had about two inches in the growing season so far. So everything's a bit shorter. Uh, some crops may be headed out or flowering a, a bit early. I saw a canola field that was starting to pod. There is some flexibility in canola, so hopefully that should help out. But it's kind of, we could use some rain across the kind of my whole area in the southwest. Would you say it's premature heading and is the crop short? It, yeah, it's fairly short, shorter than usual for most of it, except for possibly with lentils. And yeah, it's, some of it would be heading somewhat early. What are your thoughts on yields at this stage? My the estimate would be probably lower than than a uh, year with average moisture conditions. Hopefully, sometimes if things have already kind of progressed too far reproductively, it's a bit hard to recover. But hopefully, some crops that are a bit more plastic, like canola, can kind of take advantage of some more rainfall if we get some. Get a bit. We have some going on right now, but if we get some more on the next couple weeks, that would be very useful. Did you say there was some rain right now? Yeah, it's currently raining, but it just started, so I'm hoping I'm hoping it goes all day, but we'll see what happens. How's the sky look? All overcast pretty much all everywhere, from what I can see at the moment. And that's, of course, uh, just around uh, 10 this morning. Uh, hopefully you have rain all day. The crop yeah. itself, uh, you, you said, is there any crop that you know has been already uh, turned to green feed or, you know, going to be cut for green feed? Not that I've heard of, although um, kind of last month there have been some people that had had some winter kill with some of their fall crops or like fall rye or winter wheat. So they had been putting some cereals in feeding for green seed later this year. So there has been some inquiries about that, but not in the last few weeks. 
Tell me a little bit more about how crops are doing. Uh, you're expecting when ha- harvest might start. Will it be really premature? It's hard to say, especially with pulses, because they can keep flowering for a bit if they get some moisture. It could be a week or two early, but it's kind of a bit of a wait and see at this point. Yeah, a bit early to tell and write the crop off. Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully we get some more moisture and see what happens. But yeah, it's too early to go out and do any yield estimates or any of that kind of stuff. We've only seen a couple of crops, but what we've been in, the disease pressure has been pretty low, which makes sense for the dry conditions. So uh, we'll see if that changes. I'm guessing not. Just because the crops are smaller um, and sometimes much shorter, there's also a bit more airflow through the canopies, so likely less disease than in, than some other years as well. Any insect problems? I haven't heard of any. Um, the insects we've been trapping have been at fairly low numbers, so that's just right around Swift Current, but, so that's good. Shannon Chant is the Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Glenn Lucas. He's the general manager for the BC Fruit Growers Association based in Kelowna, British Columbia. Glenn, how are you? Good. Good morning, Sean. Hey, it's great to chat with you. So, Glenn, uh, heat wave, absolutely just... Uh, unbelievable temperature seen in British Columbia. Some of that uh, right in the fruit growing region, not only of British Columbia, but if you look down into the PNW into California as well, a huge concern. Uh, from your perspective at BC Fruit Growers Association, how, how did this heat wave impact the the fruit crop? Yeah, the well, the first thing that that was of note was, uh, of course, concern for the the farm owners and the laborers who uh the workers who are harvesting the fruit so we wanted to keep them safe uh you know heat stroke can be um deadly and so we noticed a shift to earlier work people were starting at 2 or 3 a.m in the morning working in the cooler part of the day um but even then we saw some overnight temperatures that didn't drop much below 30 degrees celsius so um you know, we were able to keep people safe. Uh, that's very important, and that was our first concern. Then the aftermath of the heat has been really this uh, awareness that there's been significant crop damage. So what does that crop damage look like? I know there's a whole bunch of different crop types here, so some of them may have been more impacted than others. Um, uh, let the cherry crop. Uh, I've seen photos out of Kelowna where the, the cherry is very discolored, uh, not looking like that rich, bold color that we expect. Um, will the cherry crop recover? You know, some of the cherry crop will be okay. Uh, the tops of the trees were the, the largest uh, problem uh, in terms of that baking effect and the sunburn effect. Also, for some of our irrigation systems, People are calling this a millennial event, and when you're designing for a once every hundred year event, uh, your irrigation systems can't keep up. So 
that's something that we'll have to look at in the future. But certainly for the those that were able to keep up with the water and also where their uh, tree nutrition was strong and so on, probably less damage. But uh, for trees that were vulnerable because they weren't getting enough water, we're seeing um, that, you know, the leaves are actually just baked on the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every cherry orchard I went by, the tr- you know, that wilt, we call it flagging, where the leaves droop. And uh, we saw evidence of that was, uh, well, almost uniformed uh, throughout the growing area. And and the cherries themselves turn, they actually bake on the outside, so they turn a, a brown color. So we don't harvest those. The consumers won't see it. But, uh, that, you know, it, it causes a short crop, and people will be claiming uh, uh, crop insurance on that. Is that provincial crop insurance or is that is it private insurance? It's a federal provincial program. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, on, on the damaged cherry crop, how does that impact exports potentially? There's a lot of demand for cherries into China out of Canada. Did, is there concern about what will be exportable and what won't be? Certainly, there is. Uh, we were headed for a fairly large crop before this heat event, so we'll be taking stock over the next week or two to see. Uh, you know, build our, our export programs, rebuild our export programs and see what's, what's available. Uh, the, the late season cherries are the primary ones that are exported. So really the significant damage happened on our early season cherries, which tend to be more domestic, uh, marketing for the early season cherries. The late season cherries, when the U.S. has finished producing cherries and most other places in the world are out of cherries, that's when we're the only game in town. And so that's when our cherry exports really ramp up. And we're hoping that even though there is damage, uh, that because we had a very large crop that we'll be able to satisfy those markets. But it is a challenging year to determine that program of how much, how much do we have and how do we fill, best fill those markets. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy, wind southeast 20, the high 20 degrees, the low 9. Wednesday, mainly sunny, wind southeast 20, the high 25 tomorrow. 60% chance of evening showers Wednesday, the low 15. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 25, the low 14. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 26, the low 15. Saturday, sunny, the high 29, the low 16. Sunday, hotter, sunny, High 31, the low 16. Monday, sunny sky and a high of 28. Normal high is 25. The normal low is 11 for this date. The sun rose at 4.55 this morning. It sets at 9.11 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 24. The cold spot, Broadview in the southeast corner at 13. Estevan and Saskatoon both 16. Swift Current and Weyburn both 17. Yorkton is 14. 
Regina, cloudy and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east, southeast, 16, gusting to 30. Humidity is 59%, thermometer falling 102.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 18, winds are from the southeast to 21, gusting to 31. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A coalition of Saskatchewan producer groups is calling for the creation of an export sales reporting program to improve market transparency for farmers. APAS President Todd Lewis says the major commodity groups have joined forces to seek expanded services from the Canadian Grain Commission during a review of the Canada Grain Act. Well, it's a you know, long overdue modernization of the, of the act. And, uh, uh, you know, to put it quite simply, the uh, American system is uh, far more transparent and uh, a lot more information comes to producers uh, you know, and it's important to have this information when we when we see export numbers uh, for price discovery, and and uh, so farmers can make decision not on only not only on marketing, but even uh, you know as far as what they're going to plant uh, in next year's crop. And and it's uh, it's important that uh, supply and demand, and where you know it's uh, uh, more and more information is is uh, available, and uh, if uh, farmers can have that information and uh, at their fingertips, everybody has. Uh, you know, a great information source in their pocket or their or in their tractor with uh, the smartphones these days. So it's just something that uh, we need to uh, see more transparency in the marketplace. And and uh, this is a great opportunity dur- during the uh, Green Act review that uh, puts the regulations in place that uh, make this uh, reporting mandatory. Lewis says improved transparency would help farmers determine the best time to sell their crop. Well, you know, I think we're going to just look at the recent uh, canola col- markets. Uh, uh, you know, with the, the the export situation with China, uh, you know, we lost we lost uh, you know value in canola. And it was a two dollar a bushel uh, hit at the farm gate. Uh, uh, at, at you know what producers were getting for for a bushel of canola. But at the same time, uh, really, there was no drop off in demand. It wasn't about supply and demand. It was more about uh, just uh, you know what was what was happening in the in the. It was perceived that there was going to be a, a change in demand, but it really never, never had a drop off at all. So, uh, you know, and then now we're seeing, you know, prices at sixteen, seventeen, you know, twenty dollars a bushel canola here with, with uh, some of the mar- recent up market upswings. So, I just think that's an example there that if farmers had known uh, how much export export uh, capacity was was leaving the country, uh, how much canola was being shipped, that uh, there may have been some different. Dis- decisions and signals to the marketplace uh, as far as pricing went. So I think that's just a good example there as, as uh, you know, it's something that's always hard to put your finger on, but uh, more transparency is a good thing. And we realize uh, commercial interests are important, but at the same time, uh, farmers are, are heavily involved in the commercial side of things. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a price we receive. So uh, the more information we can get the, the uh, make to make good, smart business risk 
uh, decisions. That's uh, that's what we like to see. Lewis is hoping a federal election does not disrupt the review of the Canada Grain Act. Well, it's a it's the same old story with anything uh, as far as federal politics right now. Uh, the act is under review. Uh, you know, people are waiting to see uh, this. You know, if this uh, minister is going to be able to complete it before the next election or uh, cabinet shuffle. So. It's uh, it's underway right now. Uh, there are some deadlines approaching, uh, but of course, if there's a federal election called, uh, a lot of that goes goes to the wayside. So uh, it's good to see it's being done. Uh, there's been been consultations, and you know, all all the groups have uh, sent in uh, their asks, and and uh, we're eagerly waiting uh, to see if the minister comes out with uh, with, uh, with 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 a new uh, green act and uh, and uh, the changes that are necessary. Lewis Farm, southeast of Regina, and says crops need rain. Yeah, we uh, everybody's looking for rain, I think, pretty well generally. Really border to border, maybe not uh, right around Kindersley with some <laughs> reports and pictures we had out of there. But other than that, uh, you know, there's always pockets of thunderstorms and so on. But uh, uh, this recent heat wave has been uh, really uh, abnormal and, uh, you know, really uh, a prolonged period here. So I think we need, uh, everybody would like to see a rain and uh keep crops going and and uh, you know in some cases unfortunately it's uh, getting to a point where the damage is going to be irreversible if we don't see some rain this week so it's uh, fingers crossed here it looks like there's some uh, systems coming through and uh, hopefully we'll get some significant rainfall over a significant you know area of the province. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS and farms near Gray southeast of Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market and SMHI. Landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hale, Farmers Insuring Farmers. Environment Canada says June ended with a sizzle across southern Saskatchewan with many locations in the top 10 for warmest June. In Regina, the temperature was 1.7 degrees warmer than normal and the 15th warmest ever. Swift Current was 2.8 degrees warmer than usual, its 8th warmest on record. Yorkton was 3.1 degrees hotter than normal in June, marking its 4th hottest ever. For rain, Regina and Moose Jaw were above normal last month. Regina had 80 millimeters or 12% over normal, while Moose Jaw had 77 millimeters or 31% above average. Saskatoon had just 63% of normal June rain. Swift Current had 37% of normal or just 27 millimeters. Yorkton had 80% of normal rain at 60 millimeters. Parrish and Heimbeckers made it official and announced a new concrete grain elevator for the Yorkton area. Two years ago, PNH opened a new fertilizer blending and distribution site near Ebenezer, just 10 miles north of Yorkton, and more recently began other groundwork, such as spur line development, that will become a loop track, now part of the standard grain loading unloading modern elevator. The company news release says the loop will handle 150 cars serving a 25,000 ton elevator. The original PNH plant at Yorkton was one of the first of the concrete terminals in the region, built in Yorkton in the early 1980s. The cutting edge of agriculture research will take place on so-called smart farms. They're located at the Glacier Farm Media Discovery Farm near Langham and at two agricultural colleges in Alberta, one in Olds, the other at Vermilion. Josie Van Lent is Lakeland College's Dean of Agriculture, Technology and Research. 
it's really a network of farms. We're calling them smart farms, basically farms that have technologies embedded in them. And we're committed to sharing data and expertise to advance technologies within the industry. And particularly to better develop, better understand, and, and also the use of these technologies on farm. And there are some, you know, some things that need to be addressed. Connectivity, interoperability, what's the ROI on these technologies on farm. And so we've established this network under the Canadian Ag Automation Intelligence Network, who funded, major funder of the project, to share data and expertise that allows us to do this kind of work in a quicker and better way. Van Lent explains why the network is important for the future of agriculture. There's a lot of technologies coming our way. Some of them will be beneficial. Um, again, you know, really looking at the ROI and on farm and in agriculture businesses will be really important. And the function of these technologies and the value that they add to the industry, it's going to be really critical. There's a lot of technology coming at us and how do we sort through it and how do we ensure that, you know, it, it's applicable to our industry. And that's the role of this Smart Farm Network. Van Lent talks about Lakeland College's role in the Smart Farm Network. Yeah, well, we're pretty excited. At Lakeland, we have a student-managed farm powered by New Holland. And the project activities under this Smart Farm Network and under the funding will be integrated into our crop technology, animal science technology, and primarily into our Bachelor of Ag Technology. So we have a new degree in agriculture technology that we'll be offering at Lakeland. A lot of the projects will be providing that additional real-world learning opportunity for students. So they'll be in the field putting in the sensors. They'll be understanding how GPS units work and precision agriculture. They'll be reading the data and collecting the data and helping us interpret the data all as part of their learning. And we think that just makes them that much more valuable for the ag industry. Work is also underway to find more Smart Farm Network members across Canada and eventually around the world. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell $28.60 at $748.37. Number one red spring wheat went down $23.19 at $327.76. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $317.83. Feed barley, $254.65 per metric tonne. Flax, $677.94. Lentils, $751.50. Oats, $216.53. Yellow peas, $341.76. Feed wheat, $238.84. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, September, spring wheat is down 42 and three quarter cents a bushel at $7.96 a bushel. The drop basically attributed to after the long weekend, traders taking profits. Back in a moment. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. 
This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 6th. Our last regular sale was on June 23rd. Still lots of cows and bulls coming to market. The market has been holding steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.05, with the odd sale up to $1.08 on the bigger high-yielding cows. D3 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.95. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.40 cents to $0.50. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.15 to $1.40, and good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.30. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,600 hogs Monday. Selling a range of 239 to 251 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,100 head, selling a range of 240 to 255 per CKG. Hams number one sows this week are selling the range of 50 to 57 cents per pound live wheat. Hams cash out price today is mixed, and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up seven basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2343. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 80.17 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to start the holiday shortened week, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region continuing to push incrementally lower, while the national base formula regions are finding some footing. The weekly net value of the cutout mounted a minor recovery last week and bucked the trend lower that had developed two weeks prior. Despite daily variability between the primals, the net value of the carcass is still at its second highest level for the marketing week. Lean hog futures are mixed with some softness developing in the deferred month contracts. The trade appears to be consolidating at present levels, with no strong bias one way or another, while it potentially carves out a new range. The trend has been sideways since June 19th. The market has priced in the currently known information for now, and is offering good value, even if it isn't trading amid the highs seen at the beginning of June. In Regina, it's cloudy and 18, that's 64 Fahrenheit. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Saskwater's annual report points to reliable service during the past year despite challenges due to the pandemic. The corporation earned $7.9 million this past year, with a dividend of $6.26 million going to the province. Major projects this past year include a $9.4 million expansion of Saskwater's regional treatment plant in Melfort and the $3.4 million expansion of the Pierceland Wastewater Lagoon. Other initiatives include a new water pipeline for Edenwald and pipeline replacement for the Saskatoon East Potable Water Supply. Saskwater currently owns 10 water treatment plants, 3 wastewater facilities, 140 kilometers of canal and 942 kilometers of pipeline. On the markets, the TSX is down 49 points at 20,231. The Dow has fallen 317 points at 34,469. Oil is down $1.68 at 73.48 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 84 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.14 cents U.S. That's the resource report.
If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.